Hello and welcome back to Hitchcock Chronologically, the show where I, Jeff, sit in a room alone for hours and watch Hitchcock movies from start to finish, from the, uh, what do you call it, the, the Pleasure Garden, all the way to the family plot. I'm watching all of his movies, and I'm doing it all in one year, and I'm doing it every Wednesday. And as I enter into this last phase of films, I am fed up with trying to do these alone. And I, I refuse to review a movie alone again. It's just too much. Uh, but luckily, I'm joined uh, from Tessinelli to argue, the better half of that show, <laughs> Tessa. Welcome to Hitchcock Chronologically. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you uh, don't know, Tessa co-hosts Tessinelli to argue. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. You can find the link in the description. Um, and it's a, a fun show. I hope so. It's a little crazy sometimes, but yes, I hope it's so. It's a lot to take in. Um, <laughs> tuck the kids in and then pull up Tessinelli to argue. Yes. It, it, it's a risque one. Not so much on your part, uh, but you married someone. Who by who nature no, is risque. He has no filter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I, he makes me uncomfortable and that's tough to do. <laughs> He he makes me uncomfortable, which is very easy to do, but like, you know, I mean yeah. And you're stuck with him. I when I stop recording, yeah. I'm done. I don't I'm good. No more Elliot. <laughs> um so how many before the birds? Uh-huh. What was your relationship to Hitchcock? Have you seen any of his movies? How familiar are you with his work? Literally just the birds. <laughs> Um, okay, and before you watched The Birds, had you uh, watched it before? Yeah. Th before this, okay. Yeah, and I watched, when Elliot watched the spy movie a couple weeks ago, uh, I can't remember what it's called. North by Northwest. Yes, that one. Um, I watched that one with him, but I didn't watch Psycho with him. He was he. I was busy doing something, but uh, The Birds... I remember my my mom because my mom and uh, my dad were both raised in the sixties. Because mm -hmm. I was like I was a we were uh, my brother and I were late babies, so we and my parents had us pretty pretty uh, late in their lives. So they were both raised in the sixties, and I can remember her describing going to see the birds. And talking about like how scary it was and stuff like that. So I kind of avoided it when I was in, when I was a little kid. But then in high school, we read the short story and yes. watched it at school. And do you remember a lot about the short story? I so I do kind of. I remember the general plot and I remember it being very different. Probably the most thing that I remember the most is I remember when the guy goes to his neighbor's house mm -hmm. and he him talking about the cows needing to be milked and they were like mooing because they were like hurt they were hurting because they needed milked 
And I was just being, remember being really sad that the cows were hurting. Like, not that, you know, people were dying. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely the cows that got me. So <laughs> that's me. So I can watch uh, people get slaughtered on screen all mm-hmm. day. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the film Kickboxer, but a dog gets shot with an arrow <gasps> in that one, and I just can't take it. Okay. Stop. That, I'm sorry. Uh, he's fine. No. Not a real dog. Well, I mean, the Obviously. dog is real. The arrow's not. Um, well, you never know. And especially right. as we, right. that's a good segue into the birds. Um, because oh, in the 60s, <laughs> when this was made, the standard there, the, I'm sure there were animal rights activists, but they were not as vocal and didn't have as much sway as uh-huh. they do in the modern day. Right. So. Oh, no. Uh, I don't know. I haven't done a lot of, but I can watch this movie and tell you, well, I know a little bit, but I can tell you that this would not fly today. The birds. Did you, so the point, the part where they're trying to catch the bird at the beginning, the like little, uh, yes. In the the pet stop. Mm -hmm. And he grabs it. Did you see that? And I was just like, what? (laughs) It was a fake bird. It looked to me though. Was that a fake one? I don't know. I mean, it could have been real, but when he puts his hat to cover the bird, it's done mm-hmm. like kind of off screen, which makes oh. me think that there's no bird in there. Okay. But I personally, that's not the biggest problem here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I just remember him grabbing it and I was like, I hope that's not a real bird. Like, so. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, did you catch the Alfred Hitchcock uh, cameo in this film? Honestly, I don't know what he looks like. No. Okay, he's a big fat guy with a bald head. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, but he leaves the store, and I'm when I first started this podcast, I intended on pointing them all out, and then okay. I forgot promptly. Um, <laughs> and he does right at the beginning, kind of walk out of the pet store as she walks in. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, Tippy Hedrum uh, is our main. I keep saying Hedrum like headroom, but it's Hedrin. Uh, <laughs> Plays Melanie Daniels, um, and she goes into a pet store to buy a bird. Yep. And I, I, I mean, so into this scene comes another gentleman who uh, I, I, I think is traditionally handsome, Rod Taylor. Um, he's got a heck of a chin on him. <laughs> um, and she, instead of, I don't know why she does this. Pretends to work at the store and then tries to help him buy a bird. And I I don't either, especially because like it, I, I just, I don't, I'm so confused. I actually am really confused about their relationship throughout the whole movie um, because it's just it's, weird to me. <laughs> well, as you say that, let me tell you, this is probably one of the better romantic relationships in a Hitchcock film. Oh, I believe it. Oh, he- and. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't. Basically, a a Hitchcock romance is two people meet and two scenes later, they declare their love for each other. Yeah. This one, at least at the beginning, they don't like each other. And then they kind of go on this weird prank war. I don't know. Like, but it feels a little bit more organic because it's not this immediate sort of. I um, love you. Infatuation. Right. Exactly. And it takes time and they never actually get to the point. Do they, they do share a kiss kind of later in the movie. I um, think so. It's, but even that's the point. It's not, 
definitely not the focal point. And I think that's actually what makes it feel more genuine. Is it's not the focal point of the Right. It's and yeah. I think that's why it works better. And that and the and I believe the short story was written by a woman, so that probably helps. Was it? I didn't realize it was written by a woman. I, okay. Let me double check because she, I, um, Daphne Damur, she has written uh, uh, some other Hitchcock films that have been adapted. Uh, Rebecca being um, the other big one. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and definitely a woman. Uh, Daphne, this is from IMDb. Daphne Demure was one of the most popular English writers of the 20th century when middle-brow genre fiction was accorded a higher level of respect than a more broadly literate age. I don't know what that means. They said a bunch of words. I read That's a lot of... That sounds very, um, like, cultured. Like, somebody definitely took a film class and wrote that. which is not this podcast by any means. (laughs) Um... So anyway, this bird thing is like, I don't know why this scene is here, but it's how we get introduced to our two protagonists, which again is Tippi Hedren mm-hmm. and uh, who again is playing uh, Melanie Dane. I'm the worst at remembering names on, oh, on yeah. these movies. I can't do it. Is playing I... Melanie. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. So I had to, I had to pause the movie at this point because I had to, I had to take the dog out or something. And one of the, guy's names that plays the boat hand that helps her across the the way the first time or whatever uh-huh. is named doodles <laughs> so wait okay i did not see that doodles so he's credited as doodles doodles weaver yeah that's amazing yes because yeah. <laughs> i don't see him listed on imdb here that's just the top cast he is um, credited as fisherman helping with boat <laughs> but the care how did you find out the character's name was doodles weaver oh there it so, is yeah Do- oh yeah. the actor is doodles yes what? yes yes sorry and his face yes oh, he's so comedic looking i right. uh and that, the only reason I found that out was because I had to pause it because I was on Amazon. We rented it off Amazon. That's uh, the that is now going to be the uh, sequel to this podcast where I go through all of Doodles Weevil's what I can't even say his name Doodle Weaver's <laughs> movies in chronological <laughs> order. Um, he even has one called The Zodiac Killer from 1971. Oh, that sounds interesting. All right, Doodles, get it done. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, all right. So basically the guy, uh, Rod Taylor, Mitch, who goes is Mitch Brenner is his character's name, is there to buy birds for his little sister. Um, now, <laughs> they don't have the birds that he wants. Nope. So he leaves. After you find out that he is like a victim of some prank by Melanie Daniels that broke a window. I guess. Th- did they ever say what the prank was? that it broke a window i know what the result of the prank was but like maybe (laughs) sorry no you're good Uh, maybe the prank was throwing rocks i don't know i i don't i don't (laughs) know (laughs) (laughs) it's it's unclear but he is going to sue her because he leaves her with i'll see you in court but i also thought it was like I I also thought that it had already happened, like they'd already been to court. 
So when he said, I'll see you in court, I was like, why? Didn't you just see her in court? Like, he I'm so did confused. see her in court before. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> but yes. So there's, okay. Like, <laughs> okay, let's take a minor break and okay. just establish, did you enjoy the movie? Yes and no. <laughs> it's a hard question. Okay. Not for me. I was bored out of my no. mind for most of it. So, it, um, yeah. <laughs> I had seen this movie before and mm -hmm. did not like it originally. And I had hope that it would grow on me, you know, coming back to it. But it had not um, because it's just ridiculous. And there's no any. All right. All right let me get back on. Hold it on. Is, let me take it is very. It is very <sighs> ridiculous. And thinking about the short story, I'm like, oh, there's so many directions they could have gone. Like, uh, I feel like if they were to remake this, they're, I feel like they could actually do better this time around. Yeah. So I'll have to read that short story um, because it's definitely better than this. Yeah. And we'll get into why, but the big shortcoming for me is there's no reason. For the birds to be doing what they're doing. Well, Even so M. Night Shyamalan had the plants <laughs> poisoning people in the happening because they're destroying the planet. I don't know what right. this is. I, and at first, I'm thinking that there's a witch, right? So A witch. <laughs> did they get... I'm having problems here. It's all right. I got it. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You were going to say something. I... If if you're looking for why the why the short story doesn't explain it either, I don't think. Okay, it, from well, what that... I can remember, the short story doesn't explain that either. Um, it I think this might be a Walking Dead situation where they never want to explain why stuff happened. Yeah, it just does. <laughs> but okay, yeah, and that's my biggest problem with the movie, kind of. So the first, like, I, I have some timestamps, but like the first, uh, okay, the first bird attack happens at 26 minutes. This is a two hour film. And the first, that's when she's on the boat and the one bird attacks, right? Right. It takes 52 minutes for an all out attack that happens. Uh, is it at the school? I, um, yeah. Cause it's like, cause the, the first like two, you could like you could write off as like an accident or right like especially the first one is just like i got hit in the head with uh, here's a chance for me to tell a story so <laughs> when i was in my early 20s i had a car without ac and i live in florida Ugh. and that's the worst thing so i have my windows down and i'm driving home at night and something <laughs> hits me in the side of the head no and I'm like, whoa, what was that? So I get to my house and I open the back. There is a bat <gasps> in my back seat now, unconscious because it hit me in the head. Oh, no. So I picked him up. I put him outside the car uh -huh. and then he was gone in the morning. So he was either eaten or he recovered from being concussed by my head concussed. and flew away. And you're a vampire now, right? Yes. I. That's Final. why I don't go out in the day. I knew it. It has it. nothing to do with being lazy and it's hot out. Also, you picked a, a bad state to live in to be a vampire, but it's not. It rains a lot here, though. If we're following the twilight rules of overcast is enough, um, I should be okay. Oh, my God. 
Jeff. So mm-hmm. next, we should next. If you want to do another podcast after you get done with Hitchcock chronologically, we should do the evolution of vampire movies. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'll write it down. I don't hate the idea, but I don't want to watch. Twi- I don't really like vampires that much outside of like interview of a vamp for a vampire interview, whatever of, it's called. I can't remember that. One. I've never seen with it. Brad Pitt. That's a yeah. great film. Anyway, vampires. Okay. Also, Dracula dead and loving it. With Leslie Nielsen, um, who was the, I, what was the one with um, Aaliyah? Was it Aaliyah? Oh, that was an Anne Queen Rice one Dam. too. Queen of the yeah, Dam. there you go. That one's a good one. So there are no vampires in this film. Sadly, no. um, that would have helped, Probably. and it would have explained a little more. But so okay, so Mitch goes back home to Bodega Bay. Mm-hmm. Which is a great name, and it, I don't yeah. know. I, I, again, why she does this? I don't know <laughs> if it's because he's going to take her to court, or they're already in some sort of legal action. But she buys two lovebirds and drives to Bodega Bay. And did you like the scene where the birds were tipping as she was driving? I did. I I actually told Elliot that because he came out. Because he was doing something and he came out and I was like, I was laughing because they were leaning as they were, as she was driving. I was like, oh, that's that's cute. Like, I I accept that. Now, how did you feel about the sound effects while she was driving? Oh, you mean the constantly like, like, (laughs) yeah, like. I, I, I'm on record as saying I like the rear projection car driving (laughs) stuff. I think it's fun. But when she turns a corner, it's like she's whipping it. Yeah. And you see this like car just going like normal speeds yes, or whatever. Exactly. She's yeah. not even speeding. No. Maybe the tires were bad back in the 60s. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. Somebody from the 60s will have to let us know. Please let me know. I <laughs> Yes. So back at, when I was in the 20s, I was like, someone who was alive in the 20s, get at me. But <laughs> I've yet to get anyone to come on you know shoot me an email they probably don't know what it is come on you um, titanic survivors let's go that's, yes <laughs> oh if you survived titanic and watched hitchcock definitely hit me up <laughs> uh so they she gets the bodega bay and through some and she discovers that mitch lives across the pond at this really nice house and so she rents a boat from her main man doodles was that his name uh, that was the guy that was the guy that was helping her actually helping her onto the boat the shop owner i have yet to find a name for it, but i'm if i have to go with he doesn't doodles, matter compared to doodles can we just call all of them doodle we you can okay i have uh, some sort of in- journalistic integrity to okay. the podcast to to be as accurate this is bullshit um so <laughs> She gets on a boat with the help of doodles and goes and then goes in to Mitch's house. She just so walks f- in <laughs> right in the front door. Yeah. She. OK, so Mitch lives with his mom, which is just a great sign. Uh, you know, and I got no room yeah. to talk. I was living with my mom when I got married. But, you know, I've turned things around since then. Whatever, now, it's fine. Yeah, it's great. Uh, actually, <laughs> it was nice. Rent was low. Exactly. Um. So. She, 
Mitch lives with his mom and his sister, who's much younger, significantly so. I would say 25 years younger. At least 25 years younger. Because I would say eight or nine, maybe. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not she's good 11 because she oh, they they said, said at the beginning she was turning. That's right. 11. She has a birthday. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. But she but also like <laughs> she either is like portrayed as like a uh, an 11 year old or like a an eight year old like she there's no in between like she is one of the like you know how kids like can kind of they can pass for sure, some ages like for a while or whatever yeah but she kind of like they they either treat her very juvenilely or she's she acts like an actual 11 year old i don't know it was just weird to me because like because then at her birthday party there was like a bunch of mixed age children and i was like how how does this happen okay i think it's i would i would put that in the fact that this is a small town yeah. and there there aren't enough kids her own age and there's like one school oh yeah and it's taught by one teacher right um so i don't know how that works but um oh, we'll get but, to that teacher yeah Go but ahead. before she goes to before she goes to drop the songbirds off she runs into the teacher yeah annie hayworth who's played by suzanne plechette who I think is excellent in the movie. I think so too. Yeah. But she very clearly right away, you know, there's history between Annie and Mitch. Yeah. And she's not over Mitch as much no. as she would try to have you to believe it. Uh, there, there's a scene where uh, Melanie is on the phone with Mitch mm-hmm. and Annie is just staring off and like you, the internal fuming coming off of her yes. is palpable. And I think it's another, it's just really good acting on her part. I mm-hmm. think there's something so interesting about her as an actress where like there's something in that there's more to her than just the words she's saying or the scene she's in. She really does a great job of being authentic and putting out this sort of nuanced performance, which I think yeah. Tippy Hedren is not maybe not given the right amount of material to do or directed in a poor way. I'm not just necessarily putting it on her, but right. then again, this is supposedly like one of her first roles, but hmm. she is kind of like thin to me as far as her character, other than being out of control <laughs> at some points um, compared to Annie, who is a much more interesting character to me. I I found Annie to be really interesting as well because all of her actions were helping others. You know what I mean? Like she wasn't mm-hmm. she she swallowed the whole Mitch thing to help out uh, Melanie, yep. and you know with the kids she was like, okay, we gotta get the kids out. Like it was never about like her own like pride or her own like you know. Yeah, she's, I think, a great character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she helps point Melanie over to Rod's house, or excuse me, Mitch's house, where she, I, I wrote down breaking and entering, but that's not fair. The door was unlocked. But it was and the I've 60s. Heard of, yeah, as, but she walks right in. Yeah. And places these two lovebirds in the home with a note for Christy, who is the, the, the younger sister. Kathy. Kathy, thank yes. you, and gets back on the boat and kind of paddles her way out because she doesn't want to run the mower motor. 
you're laughing and I want to know why. Because this scene to me was so ridiculous. Like, what the, what, I was about to say bad word. What the heck are you doing? Like, um, she just, she's hiding in the boat. Like, after he. It's hilarious. It's, <laughs> it's so ridiculous to me because she, she put in so much, like, thought into how she was going to sneak these songbirds into but she was clearly interested in him finding out that it was her yeah and i think we can go back to the beginning where when she first sees him she's attracted to him and that's Mm -hmm. why she pretends to be the 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 worker and take him around and all that and then she realizes she doesn't like him and i don't know if this ploy is a way to get out of being sued uh, it works because he gets out of the house and he sees her on the river and she boats away and he drives his car to the other side of the pond and meets her there. Uh, and as she's pulling into the dock, she gets attacked by one deadly seagull. Very deadly. It leaves a cut in her head and it bleeds down her face. And Mitch, uh, being uh, accepting this token of friendship uh, is now over any desire to press charges or sue melanie right. as he takes her into the local diner and they get her cleaned up and also like the the cut itself was very vague there was no blood in her hair it was just dripping dripping down her face it's yeah it's not uh yeah it's old movie stuff i mean and there's several scenes there's a scene late <laughs> in the movie where they're cleaning her wounds and they have to be careful because they're about to wipe the make off off completely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or like when he's it, reaching through and like, uh, it, well, we'll get like, there. <laughs> yeah. He gets ketchup on his hand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this film. Okay. Yeah. Um. So uh, I wrote down creepy stalker lady that pretty much uh, describes her um very much so i'm just running through my notes um why they go into this restaurant they're getting cleaned up and in walks mitch's mother oh god <laughs> lydia who is played by jessica tandy who is most known for driving miss daisy oh as playing miss daisy oh okay and uh, i didn't re- recognize her i recognized her name when it came in the credits yeah and then i just had to look it up and see i know that name and that's where from and she basically isn't willing to take any of melanie's shit regardless of whether or not she's you know being deceitful or otherwise uh mrs brenner mitch's uh, mom is just not having it she uh was her her relationship with her her child borders codependence like very very much so codependence like to like and then and then i was thinking like do does alfred hitchcock not have a good did he not have a good relationship with his mother because I isn't because he had he did psycho too and that was not a good relationship either and so and then if you go back to um north by northwest and carrie grant's relationship with his mom and that is very weird yeah and it is something that runs through several of his movies these mother figures are never particularly healthy no um 
and I so uh, I think that there has to be an element of that in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we get into uh, later on, we are going to get into Hitch's issues with women. Oh boy! Um, <laughs> not so much this week, but next week definitely. And I'm glad you're here for that because <laughs> I don't want to be those straight white guys like yeah. Um, <laughs> I would like some perspective on that. Oh, okay. Um, that is not my own. So, uh, but we'll get to that next week. This one is just more of uh, Hitch being a dick. Yeah. Um, so, well, we don't get any more doodles, Weaver, sadly. Uh, but Mitch is very much interested in continuing. So now Mitch, having received this present, mm-hmm. is very much interested in pursuing Melanie uh, in a more formal fashion and invites her to dinner. Um, that his mother was cooking, by the way, like not like he invited her to a restaurant. It's... He exactly. <laughs> I thought that too. And then she's wishy washy about whether or not she's coming. I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I, I, I'm staying. I don't know. I'm giving her an accent because but she she's... had an accent. They had that like <laughs> 1960s accent. I don't know how to do that. I don't either. Uh, it's so everything like, comes out British. It does. It's it's like. A sort of British, but mostly just snooty accent. Like, it's like how people make fun of rich people in movies now. Like, the... I'm trying to think of the char- a character, but like in, you know, like the ultra rich who are always like carrying around a martini and they're like, oh, they're like, yeah. Oh, darling. Like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, yeah. Yeah. So, but she well, has that accent. <laughs> yes. So... She one of the reasons she gets asked to stay is because Kathy, the do, uh, the the little sister of Mitch, is having her eleventh birthday. Right, and having already brought her a present, uh, she has pretty much won the heart of both Mitch and Kathy at this point. And Kathy really wants her to stay. Right, and of course she does. You know, she tries to fight it, but when a kid wants you to go to their birthday party, if you're a, a human being with a beating heart. You're probably going to be like, all right, you you win. Oh, yeah. You most definitely say yes. Like, I have been yeah, invited I, to many a, a children's birthday parties, you know. Being now, a if teacher, a parent but. does it, they can stuff it. Okay. Let me tell you something. <laughs> As a parent, the rule of thumb is if I come to your kid's birthday party, when I throw one for mine, your ass better be there. Right? That's the rule. So I'm not Not that I've been burned. (laughs) So I'm not a parent, but I have I have friends that have kids and I went to go help one set up for her son's birthday party. And so that happened. All of the parents came and they dropped their kids off and they left like no. And they were like, hey, peace out. Have a good time. We'll see you later. And they took off. And so one of the moms came to pick up and one of the kids was drinking a Sprite, which of the sodas, while it's still soda, is one of the lighter sodas. Um, And the mom was like, oh, we don't drink pop. And it's like, "Okay, well, you weren't here. How would we know that? It's not like the kid was going to tell us. Like, yeah, I would take her to Uppercut City at that point. (laughs) Or I would ask I would ask someone else. I personally wouldn't do it. (laughs) Someone else could. I Anyway, I would ask my unemployed friend to do it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And I always stay for the birthday party. 
And right. I have a picture of myself. My son is playing with this uh, bubble maker, and I am in the background looking depressed as all get out, <laughs> dazing off into the distance. Because, yes, kids' birthday parties are the worst. They suck. But you still do it. Now, right. I've, unless they're at a pool, at that point, I'm totally on board. Right, right. Now, like, now with all of the places that you can have a kid's birthday party, that's pretty cool. But, like, the typical, like, at somebody's house or, like... Out in the woods. Out in the woods. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's so... It just... and Yeah. I Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. So, now we're definitely going to go to this birthday party. Right. And there is a smaller but more intense bird attack at this birthday party and i think this is actually um at the 52 minute mark is it where we get a this is the first significant so this movie is a lot of watching someone do chores oh my gosh yes i do you want to watch someone go to the grocery store right like no like and they spend so long talking about stuff and, and instead of like stuff actually happening. Like it's just a bunch right. of like build up to the latter half finally having bird attacks. <laughs> this movie should have been an hour long. Yes. And yes. Um, it's two hours, if not more. And I'll get the official runtime, but <laughs> it's it feels like an eternity. And I've sat through. Yeah, it's right at two hours, buck fifty nine, and I've sat through some movies that are longer than this and feel shorter. Um, we went and saw Dune today, and Dune was two and a half hours, and it felt so much shorter than yeah, it's this movie. <laughs> it pained me to watch. Yeah. So, th- this bird attack gets everyone inside, and this is when they start talking a little more about hey. Birds are going crazy. Like they yeah. mentioned kind of in passing, the chickens aren't eating. Um, the birds in certain places are going crazy. Right. And that sort of thing. So there seems to be something going around. The There is one point where a little girl was being attacked by a bird. And I was cracking up because it looked... <laughs> It was the it was the little girl in the blue dress and she's got the ocean in the background and uh-huh. it was like they had too much stuff going on like that they had to edit. You know what I mean? Like they had to edit the bird. They had because she was kicking her legs but she was doing it at a leisurely pace. <laughs> like she wasn't being pecked to death by birds. <laughs> yeah. And I was cracking up. Yeah. Oh, so we can talk. Okay. Tippy Hedron, real quick. <laughs> if you want to see a movie with her where people actually get mauled, she made a movie called Roar oh. with her husband. Okay. And her daughter, who is Melanie Griffith. Oh, there's I didn't a, know that. There's a there's a do go on, do go on episode about it if you want to just get the short version. Uh, but it, it she is big into animal conservation, which is kind of funny coming from this film. Um <laughs> and uh, she, her husband at the time had like all these lions and stuff. Think, you know, Joe exotic oh my and gosh. they decide to make a movie Yeah, and several people have been maimed. No one got killed, but like, uh, 
people have been seriously injured, including Melanie Griffith. Oh my God. Uh, who was a, a little girl at the time. So yeah. uh, check out that episode of Do Go On. Yeah, um, I have to. If, if you actually want to see children get injured. Now, um, <laughs> so after this, uh, there's like a discussion. I don't, is this the point where they have the discussion in the, in the restaurant? No. But, so we we I think uh, Lydia goes to Forsett's house first. They call so they call the uh, the, the sheriff cops. over. Yeah, like the what, what the, the what is the do? <laughs> that I I was like what and they're like why don't you do something? I'm right. like what are the police going to do? Right, shoot it. <laughs> it's over. And then they talk about bringing in the military later. Right, like what are they going to do? I. And there is a there is a point in the book, in the uh, short story where they talk about wanting the military to come in, and they they were talking about mustard gassing the birds, and it's like you would have to mustard gas everyone. Like you'd have to you would have to evacuate the town, in mustard gas, nuclear, something. Well, so because the book, the short story, it's all over. It's not just this a little town. It's it's the entire world. Yeah. That's so, interesting. It's very because that would to me make a little more sense mm-hmm. because the fact that this is so concentrated, it makes me wonder why. Even right. to the point where she's in a diner and there's a woman there that's like, "This didn't start till you got here," and then she gets <laughs> pimp slapped across the room by Tippy. By Tippy, and uh, it's actually kind of funny to me. <laughs> um, and there were several unintentionally funny moments in this movie, yeah. one of which you pointed out, um, but. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorites is coming up, but anyway, uh, Lydia, who is Mitch's mom right. goes to see Mr. Forsett. And when she gets in the house, now this is after, uh, the house that Mitch stays in, all these birds came down the chimney and kind of wrecked the place. Yeah. And that's when they call the, the sheriff who can't do anything about it. Oh yeah. I forgot there was, there's so many like little, like, it's just, <laughs> This movie it doesn't so matter is the problem yeah. right yeah because it's like okay well then immediately the next day there's they're back in that room yeah and it's like and it, it didn't happen <laughs> exactly and and i think that's one of the reasons this is for that seems forgettable because it doesn't carry any weight to the plot at all mm-hmm. no one gets hurt the house gets a little wrecked and that's it so again lydia's going to see mr uh Forsett, who when she gets in there, I actually kind of like this shot. She's walking in, she turns, and she sees some of the china cups are broken. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh. And then she finds him <laughs> dead in a room where his eyes have been eaten. Now, <laughs> I, uh, this, come on. They, <laughs> all they did was get some black makeup uh-huh. and black his eyes out <laughs> and then put ketchup around them. It looked horrible. You could see him with his eyes closed. I so I knew this scene before I watched this in high school. And you know how when you're in high school and you're so afraid to have any sort of emotion at school. Yeah. Like you know how like you're like afraid that you'll cry at Romeo and Juliet or or you know all the time. Right. So so I was afraid of having a jump scare at, and being the only one to jump or whatever. And so when we watched this, I closed my eyes in high school because I didn't want to have a jump scare. Right. And so I, so in my mind, I was like, oh, this is a jump scare coming up. And I was prepping my 
you know, anxiety riddled brain. And I was like, there's a jump scare coming up. Like, we know it's here, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then, like, it's not a jump scare at all. Right. It it's isn't, hilarious. You know, yeah. He's it, basically in clown makeup. <laughs> exactly. Like, I've definitely seen a TikTok filter with that kind <laughs> of, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this is the first casualty, like the first real casualty. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's now they're all kind of back at the house and I don't remember what Mitch is doing. Who knows? Carrying but, everyone apparently. Like, yeah. He does a lot in town. He does. He really does. <laughs> He's actually a pretty good lead. I I like him. I like his performance. I uh, I liked him too because when I watched the uh, North by Northwest, I found that guy to be kind of misogynistic, and I did not. Oh, find, Cary Grant. Yeah, and I did yeah. not find Mitch to be be that way. And yeah. so the character, I don't know about the actor or anything, but the right. character did not come off as like, I'll punch you in the face, sweetheart. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you know whatever smack you i don't know yeah that's all of hitchcock's films so right. we found the one guy in all of them right. um which is rare uh so basically lydia is kind of losing it at this point mm -hmm. and she's really worried about kathy who is at school that day yeah now i have a question if you are living in a town mm-hmm where birds are going around killing or attacking and even killing at this point. And you go to the school and yeah. are asked to wait. Are you going to wait outside? I mean, I'm not a smoker. So like, I don't have that. Like, Oh, I need to go uh, outside and hit, hit my vape That's or whatever a good point. it is. That, so I, I don't understand that, <laughs> but no, definitely. For one thing, it would be, if there, if I lived in a town and birds were going crazy, you would have a really hard time getting me out of the house at all. So, yes. <laughs> much like me every day. So, right. <laughs> what do you mean, right? I don't. Anyway, you said it. I was just. Agreeing. I did say it. Uh, so she's waiting outside in front <laughs> of the playground. Now there is an iconic shot here mm -hmm. where one bird comes and lands on this like play place, this mm -hmm. jungle gym. And then another and another. And then by the time she gets up and turns around, it's just covered in crows. And she goes inside and sees Annie. I did like, I do like that aspect of it. Like, because it kind of shows like how quickly things got out of control. Like it, you know, it was like the one bird. So it like represents the one bird attack that they had. And then all of a sudden it's like batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah. It does build up nicely, and I, mm -hmm. I and I think there are one of the the good things about this movie. Despite there are a lot of really bad special effects here, yes, and then there are a lot of really great shots, mm -hmm. and of the specifically when the birds are just kind of flock together and they're passive. Uh, yeah, and especially the last shot of the movie is is I think really great. Oh, I um, love the last shot of the movie. That last, yeah. that's very iconic. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And and so she goes inside. She's like, hey, the birds are collecting. We need to get out of here. Okay. Now, the birds do have a tendency to get into houses. They've shown they're more than capable. Right. And we even find out that this school has really big windows. Huge so, windows. 
they go outside and they're leaving. Okay, so they're going outside, right? Yes. And this is another unintentionally funny thing. And Annie very calmly is like, show every, show, show uh, Melanie how well behaved you are right. by being quiet and walking in an orderly fashion. That it jump cuts <laughs> to kids screaming down the street, right. birds swooping down. <laughs> It was awesome. It was because uh, they they were like that. They were like, show us how calm you walk and everything. And then you just hear the footsteps <laughs> of them running. And it's like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Uh, so everyone's being attacked and then mm-hmm. she gets in a car and they get away. Now, uh, <laughs> uh, where am I? I'm looking through my notes. It's, it's, and um, that's like yeah, the, goes- the car thing to me. I was like. Dude, it's the 60s. You guys know that all of these cars are unlocked. Why would you not be jumping into cars like yeah. wh- and throwing children into cars? <laughs> like, just like- Well, Tippy, Tippy does that. Right. Grabs two kids, uh, you know, Kathy and one other kid who was being mauled. I think probably the one you were talking about. The little girl, um, yeah, with the glasses. Yeah. Who's like, Kathy. She calls for, you know, her friend instead of an adult. But it's whatever. <laughs> so they go back to the diner and then there's one of my favorite characters. This in the is film, my is the, favorite scene. <laughs> the know-it-all bird lady. Oh, no. My favorite is the guy that's like, it's the end of the world. <laughs> oh, he's great, isn't he? <laughs> yes. Uh, he's so good. And he quotes like Bible verses. Mm-hmm. And then like she, the, the one lady there, like he's drinking early in the morning. Right. And the the other lady there quotes a Bible verse back at him, condemning drinking in the morning. He goes, ah, well, it's the end of the world. And he throws another one back. Right. He's fantastic. And the one guy's like, we'll see you later. And he's like, it's the end of the world. It's the end of the world. (laughs) He's great. Yeah. Just a nice piece of like comic relief in the middle of the movie. Yes. Uh, And I think it's intentionally funny and it works. Yeah. And, And for something from the 60s to still work. That's pretty great. It, I mean, it really is. There, I mean, besides the cast not being diverse at all, it's very non-racist, which I'm proud. Like, I'm like, oh, good good on you for not being racist. It's hard to be racist when there's no minorities in the film, though. Tr- accurate. I mean, very true. Yeah. he. <laughs> I, I think um, I can count on one hand the number of speaking roles a minority has had in the movie. Oh, I believe it. In, in any of his movies. And then there is one where a white guy plays a minority and has a number of speaking oh lines. Oh, my God. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> it's a heck of a thing. Um, now, I, where are we? Okay. So they're the in there. They're in the diner and another bird attack starts queuing up. There's a guy across the street pumping gas and he gets just beamed and he's knocked out by a bird. And of course, Mitch knocked out out and the, 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 the gas is still being pumped out of the pump and it's going off into the street. Mitch being the great guy he is goes and helps this young Mm man. But the gas leaks down to a car where a guy's about to light a cigar. And this is my favorite unintentional <laughs> funny moment. Yeah. Because everyone's like, oh, nah, nah. they're yelling at him, put it out, put it out. And he lights it. And then it just, boom, blows explodes. up. He blows up, which is just not realistic at no. all. No, no, no. It's hilarious. And, and then I'm all laughing. the cars around him blow up. <laughs> it's great. And yeah. then the fire leads back to the gas station. And that blows up. Right. I'm all about it. That's a li- that's a little more realistic, but yeah. still not like super, you know, 
after sitting through what's been well over an hour of mm-hmm. just boredom, this was a f- breath of fresh air to me. Well, the diner scene was I found to be one of the better, one of the best scenes in the movie. I agree. Because there was the know-it-all bird lady who was like, they're, they're not aggressive. Like, it's us that are doing it, which it is. It probably, if, I, I'm sure if you had to twist somebody's arm to explain why birds, why the birds were acting the way they do, they would say like, oh, well, we keep them in cages or whatever it is that we right. do to them. Because we do do bad stuff to them. Do We can go ask him Night Shyamalan. Right, right. Let's just do that. But, um, and then there's the end of the world guy, which, like, it's just, there's always one in these movies where it's like, there's the mother who is like, would somebody please think about you my children? Scaring like, the children. Right. And then she's also the same one who's like, you brought this on us. You evil. And, and then she's like trying to get out of town and she has some stranger there who's right. drinking. He's like, you can follow me out of town, even though he's drinking at the bar. <laughs> right. Like it this is probably you're right that this is probably the best scene, and I kind of wish the whole movie was this. Mm-hmm. All of these great characters um, in this little city that could have been them getting together and fighting the birds would have made a better film. Uh, yeah, I was so I was like thinking I was like, man, I because I I love the concept of like. Um, thrillers and like post-apocalyptic apocalyptic movies like i love all of that stuff and so yeah. i was like i wonder when the birds goes into public domain and you can rewrite it <laughs> well and, i think if if since it's a book i think all you need to do is get the rights to the book right i think so right and so i was just like thinking i was like man because it would be so cool to like there is there's so many ways that you could go with it and because when the lady was screaming about Tippi Hedren's character being evil, I was like, what if she was like the, you know, the bird lady and she like controlled all the birds and blah. And I, my brain was just like going off onto. And mine was more. It made sense if Lydia Mitch's mom was like a witch. And here comes this lady into town is going to take her son away yeah. from her. And then the birds started like I was like, that would be a cool twist right you know um but it doesn't happen um and and there's never a spoiler alert never any explanation um as to why this is happening to just this town and it is they mentioned at the end of the movie it does start to spread a little bit yeah so we kind of maybe get this idea that this isn't over just leaving bodega bay is not necessarily going to fix everything right now they go back to the main house that they've been at and they prepare for uh, weathering the night. And this reminds me of the original night of the living dead movie mm-hmm. where the, the zombies are coming and they're boarding up the doors. And this is a great scene too. I think oh, probably but Annie died. Annie died. Oh, before this. You're right. They, and it's, uh, and like I said, I, and this was one where I was like, no, cause I like that character. Mm-hmm. Tippy's head could have been eaten off by birds. And I'd have been like, sweet, <laughs> but they got rid of Annie. And they and they, and it was unceremonious, and I think that was a great choice. Yeah, because they're just walking down the street, and she's dead. Yeah, out in front of the school, and Kathy's inside, and they get Kathy out, and you find out that she pushed Kathy in and mm-hmm. kept the door closed, and basically sacrificed herself for Kathy, which, which is, is very just true what, to her character, which is what Annie would do. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and 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 I I like the way that was handled. Mm-hmm. 
and they go back to the house and, and they're they're boarding up the doors. And now, did you notice uh, <laughs> the cargo pants that Mitch was wearing? I did not. I take your silences to mean you. T- they are amazing. So imagine cargo pants, right? Okay. Now, normally yeah. cargo pants are down on the lower thigh, the pockets, right? Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Not these, okay? Oh, There's boy. one set of big old pockets right at the hips. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. and he wears up around his belly button like they do in the past, which yeah. I think we should bring back. <laughs> I, I've i never stopped, so I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I really need to. It's because as a fat guy, it's like uh, it's uncomfortable where they want us to wear our our, our tight pants today. Exactly. I just need to wear it around my waist with the belt going just under, you know, my upper chest. That's Listen, what I need. In life. I get it. You buy a pair of leggings. I know that there's a stigma about guys wearing leggings. Buy a pair of leggings. You can you can take those babies all the way up and no one cares. Well, I don't leave the house anymore, so who's going to see it? Exactly. And if you go out of the house, just put some shorts over it. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a bad idea. Exactly. (laughs) So uh, as this final attack is taking place, you get some of Mitch fighting birds off and, and, and just unrealistically bleeding all over the place. Okay, so uh, I had a major tantrum at this at this point okay. of the movie. And and this goes because at up until this point I had not had a problem with uh Melanie because she was a can do get the job done kind of lady. Like she right. she did, you know, she helped, went and got Kathy. She Opened the window to yell at the man not to light the match or whatever. Like, she was a can-do kind of lady. She wasn't a bystander. Yes. And right. which I like to see my, you know, my my heroines doing that. And, um, but <laughs> all of a sudden, like, she had just become this damsel in distress. I'm yep. not going to do any kind of work. Like, he literally boarded up this entire house on his, with her handing up wood sometimes. Yeah, and she's kind of like laying around the house as the birds are crowing over. Totally true. Yeah. And you know who wouldn't do that? Annie. If she was still alive. Yeah. Annie. Annie. She'd be boarding up other things. Exactly. Anyway. Mitch and Annie. uh, They should have got together. Exactly. (laughs) His... His chin and her can-do attitude would have been amazing. Exactly. Plus, plus I am always... Uh, of the mindset that I like because because there's so much of like the like little blonde girls in Hollywood in that era that I'm anytime there's a there's a girl that is like non-blonde I'm yeah. like yay <laughs> and that's Hitch he, like he's known for his leading ladies always being the blonde bombshell right it's, right and I'm and I'm totally with you because it's like he, I don't know how much he doesn't really write scripts, uh, but he certainly directs them to be right. sort of ditzy in one note, and especially the leading ladies. Yes, the, the secondary ladies um, tend to have better roles. Um, mm-hmm. if, to catch a thief, starring Cary Grant and Grace Kelly. Grace Kelly is very just kind of bleh, but oh, really? there's a, a another woman who is a much more entertaining character with a lot more depth, but she's not on screen as much. So it's kind of weird that he uh, he just directs these blonde leading ladies to act one way. And it 
it's annoying because they don't have any depth usually. Right. Um, whereas Annie, as we said, right, is fantastic. We love Annie. Now, there's actually one of the the a great scene here that I, I like this whole sequence of other than her not helping at all <laughs> as Mitch is running around trying to save lives. The the front door is being pecked at and yes. beaks are coming through a little bit. And it's just this gradual you can see the door breaking down mm-hmm. as the birds are trying. Loved it. Yes, that was that was very good. The that point I think was probably where I had more of a of a tantrum too because because they were literally like the women were all like cowering on the wall or you know and and he's running around trying to save them and I'm like get up and help like do something right. oh my god what I find hilarious though because this knucklehead one of the few things he does wrong he runs up now they're pin- mm-hmm. they're they're basically perforating the front door mm-hmm. all over and to stop them. He just pushes the door like he's trying to hold it shut right. against the battery. Like that would help. <laughs> Their beaks are coming through and he's like holding the door. It's like uh, what's her face in Jurassic Park where she's holding the hinges of the door oh, yeah. for the velociraptor. And he's like, what are yes. you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what he's doing here. But yeah. this scene kind of just dies down. Like they get So what we find out is these bird attacks tend to come and go in waves. Like, yeah, they kind of get it out of their system and they're really docile for so an extended period of time. And again, I don't know how much they took from the short story, but it that part was explained as the tides. So when the tide came in, the birds attacked. And when the tide went out, the birds receded with the tide. Um, And at that in the short story, I, I think had all, it had only been like the gulls at that point so yeah. i don't know i mean that makes sense. i because the the short story was explained really well too as like the 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 pecking and i'm assuming that's where they got the pecking of the door because the in the short story the the main character is literally using the birds dead bodies to like barricade the house because they're running out really? of things for th- that the birds are pecking through. Like the birds are literally pecking through things and they're they're using dead birds to keep the birds out. Like it just if you've never read the short story, you definitely should. It's very good. Um it's, And it's a short story which is short. nice. Yeah. Uh we read it we read it in ninth grade and uh it was it was uh, clearly I remember it. So <laughs> it was good, but um but yeah, the the them pecking through the door was very good. But the him trying to shut the the <laughs> the what was it the shutters? Oh, and it, <laughs> the one second his hands are fine, the next second they're all bloody. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, that was dumb. Mm-hmm. And then this, so okay, now now they do you can find i was looking to see if uh, the birds the story was available in ebook and it does not look to be readily available which is annoying that is um, annoying so now we get to the point that is the stupidest thing oh. anyone has ever done <laughs> i know what you're going to say nearly any movie i know this part our is so lead, stupid <laughs> our lead here's Something upstairs. 
this is why this is why nobody trusts white people in horror movies. This I cannot blame them at this point. <laughs> oh my god! She hears something upstairs. <laughs> Everyone is asleep. Yep. Kathy, Mitch, Lydia, all asleep. Doing the responsible thing. Taking a good old fashioned nap. I mean, I would and have left a lookout or a a guard. I would not have gone upstairs. Well, there's that. But no, I would I would have left a look up to stay awake. Like we would uh, yeah. have taken shifts. But, but she okay, then maybe she's the lookout, right? Right. But even still, but still, you're you're going upstairs. You hear oh, what's that sound like? It sounds like deadly birds on the other side of this door. <laughs> I know. I'll go inside. I I don't. She peeks know. her head in. And she sees the birds and still continues inside. And goes and, inside. <laughs> and closes the door behind her. <laughs> and leans against it so nobody can come in. And the birds, of course, at this point attack. Now, let's right. say, okay, so she's been dumb. Now, this is where we get into Hitch being a real asshole. Okay. Yes. So now, according to Tippi Hedren in her memoir, mm-hmm. uh, it was told to her that this scene was going to be done with mechanical birds. And as she goes to set, she finds out that, no, the mechanical birds are not working. We're going to have to use real birds. And Tippy, wanting to get the job done, is like, all right, we'll just, let's get this done. Oh, God. Now, this is one of these things that directors do. And and people often, uh, I was listening to a podcast talking about the dark side of Hitchcock, and he does have bad things. I've talked about Anytime they come up on the podcast, I've talked about the racism, the blackface, mm-hmm. the misogyny. If it comes up, I talk about it and right. I, I don't cover it up. But this part where, it's like, oh, look what he did to Tippy here. Yes, <sighs> it's bad and he shouldn't do it. However, there are modern directors who still do this today. People like Kubrick are still heralded as these geniuses because of the way they mentally torture uh, their actors. So. I, he, isn't it like um is that is he the one that uh directed the shining yes specifically oh, okay. that's the most famous one yeah yeah, and, yeah but i even go so far as to look at quentin tarantino and you know i don't know how the actress felt about it but it, there's a strangling scene in there and uh instead of the actor who played the character doing the choking of the woman Quentin did it himself because he wanted it to look as real as possible. I don't know how much consent she gave to that. Mm. But the other part of this, like even she would feel obligated, though, because, well, here I am working for Quentin Tarantino. And if I don't do this, am I going to get a job again? Right. That's the that's the hard part about it, isn't it? Like, (laughs) I mean. Right. And and so I with this day and age. Mm hmm. I don't understand why you would need to actually hurt someone to get the sort of reaction you want for your film. Right. To get that authenticity. You're paying people who are professional actors. They should be able to do it themselves. Okay. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's unacceptable, especially with how far we've come with mental health and uh, PTSD, stuff like that. Like you would think. Agree. And, and, so what happens here is that the hand, and this is again where PETA would want to step in. Mm-hmm. The handlers are literally throwing the birds at her and they're God. biting her. You can see in the movie, the birds are real 
and they're biting her and she's being attacked and pummeled by this. And apparently it's one of those things where the director's like, let's do it again. We didn't get it. Let's do it again. We didn't get it to the point where Tippy said, that's it. I'm done. These are her words from her memoir. I'm out. And they just had to get with what they got because she was fed up and done. Yeah. Rightfully so. (laughs) Absolutely. So we'll get into more about. So Tippy works with Hitch again in the next movie, Marnie, which we'll get to next week. But this is the beginning of their relationship, a work relationship. Now, keep in mind that Hitchcock is the most well-known director in Hollywood. Oh, boy. And you very influential, right? Right. And we've come off of some things in Hollywood that I still don't think are cleared up. And I think this still is happening every day. Um, But we'll get into that more next week. So this scene, okay, with all of that said, people compare this to the shower scene. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, I don't think it Mm. is. One thing is, is that Janet Lee, who was in the shower scene, uh, has only had good things to say about Hitchcock. So there are people who don't like working for Hitchcock, such as Tippi Hedrum and Vera Miles. And then there's, um, I'm blanking on her name. So Janet Lee from Psycho and um, uh, Ingrid Bergman, who's been in several, has has been pretty kind in her words to him. But this is now late era Hitchcock. So um, when people get old, they tend to, you know, change. Right, right. I mean, um, I yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, this is essentially near the end of the movie. Uh, she is injured severely. And now has that PTSD you were talking mm-hmm. about. Um, Mitch brings her downstairs. They try to clean up her wounds without actually wiping the the makeup blood off to it's reveal that the, it's real bad. <laughs> it looks real bad. <laughs> it looks real bad. So we find out as they're listening to the radio, uh, Mitch walks to the car and there's birds everywhere. And you get this great shot of the outdoors of the damage that's been done to the home. Mm-hmm. I really love that. Birds are on the roof. They're just sitting still in the lawn. They're everywhere. Yeah, it's bananas how how many birds they got in that shot because they're and they're all types of birds. There's like crows and gulls and and all of that. Like, yeah, it's a great shot. Mm-hmm. And he he slowly pulls the car out, and you can see real birds moving out of the way of the mm-hmm. tires as the car moves forward. That wouldn't float today. Nope. And he parks the car and they start to move her out to uh, move Tep- Tippy out to the car to take her to the hospital. And uh, she starts going, no, no, nuh-uh, <laughs> nope. And he's, they're like, shut up and get in the car. Right. Like, we got to go. <laughs> and uh, Kathy wants to bring the, the lovebirds. They never hurt anyone. That's because they were in the cage the whole time. Right. Um, as because they do act up at one point, right? out, they are going to, they're going to kill somebody. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. Check the sequel. So they get <laughs> in the car and drive off and that's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that, when I was young, it didn't bother me as much this time, but when I was younger, I'm like, that's the end. Right. They just leave. It was like Jurassic park all over again, where the, the, the resolution is just to get out. Right. And I'm like, that's like the, 
I, I mean, it makes sense because that's probably what would really happen. Let's just run away. Right. It's really the smart. But in a movie, you're like, should there be more to this? Okay, I want more of a resolution. I want closure. I want you to tell me that they figured out why the birds were acting that way and they could eradicate it or do whatever. Like, what's Put the plan Put a dome here? over the building. <laughs> yes. I- and I felt the same way. And I-, I would have found it more satisfying had they all just been eaten by birds. <laughs> Like a sad ending is better than whatever this was. Yeah, and I think I think that was the my str- that's my struggle with like M Night Shyamalan and, and um like Stephen King is like it's either if it's if it's not a sad ending it's it's most of the time ambiguous like it doesn't yeah. it and I need I need closure to like because I don't like the what if I don't like to guess you know did. Uh, what's her face get the medicine back to Lucius in time in the village did you know like <laughs> I don't even I like can't even think of, right like, you know like were they were was Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio awake at the end of um what's that I want to call Inception. it insomnia now Inception. thank you yeah. Or, yeah Inception like you know I don't like those kind of endings and so I need I need there to be answers yeah well, thus ends uh, The Birds, and uh, I've watched here in the month of November the four most famous Hitchcock films, back to back to back, uh, and we head into the final month of the podcast in December to watch all movies I've never seen before. Hold on, hold uh, on, no, pause. I'm, it's October. <laughs> are you, are, is this airing in November? Yes. Oh, okay. I was like, wait a minute. Pause. Now, <laughs> I'll edit that out, but Sorry. I do make that mistake. I made that mistake when I was recording the movie Draft House earlier. I said it was November. Oh, okay. This, but yeah, but this is coming out the last week of November. Oh, okay. I am. Rec- okay. I record like a month ahead. Oh, okay, cool. So as I enter the final month, Tessa mm-hmm. will be joining me again next week as we get into the the double header of Tippy Hedron movies and delve more into. Um, Hitchcock and her relationship, which is definitely the most talked about of his career. And she's sort of tied to him in this way. Uh, but we'll get into that next week. Uh, so what, uh, where would you like people to find you if you want them to find you? At all? <laughs> uh, I am, I think on most of my social medias, I'm under, I craft my feelings. Uh, I think Twitter is your blog is still active. Not really. I go back and okay. forth. <laughs> I'm a really bla- yeah. bad blogger, blogger, but um, I'm on TikTok sometimes. There you go. <laughs> uh, Head over to TikTok sometimes. Yeah, go to TikTok sometimes, but uh, yeah, my, um, Tessa and Elliot argue is probably probably the best place to find me. So yeah, and uh, so they come out every Sunday. Yes. Uh, so uh, and not a lot of podcasts come out su- on Sunday, so you have no excuse not to give them a listen. Exactly. Uh, so definitely go check that out. I will have a link in the description. You can find me Yay. at Podcast by Jeff on Twitter. Uh, you can listen to my other podcast, Budget Arcade, where Scott, Mark, and I review free-to-play games, as well as the movie Draft House, where Mark and I review movie. That's correct. I'm not going to correct myself. I like it. Just go find the podcast. Uh, so next week, it's Marnie. And we enter the final week. I'm so happy. I bet. The final month of Hitchcock chronologically. <laughs> uh, we've got five weeks in December, five movies left. Oh, boy. Uh, and I have one movie where I still need to book a guest because, or did I book it already? I don't remember. What movie anyway, is it? 
Topaz. I think I got Mark coming on that oh, one. Oh, okay, nice. No, Mark's coming on the last episode. Anyway, I need to find a guest for that one because I hate doing movies alone. Anyway, uh, thank you again, Tessa. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Do you me. regret watching this movie? No. Okay. Kind That's of, good. but no. Yeah. yeah <laughs> if you were watching this, would you have turned the movie off if you had just, I'm going to sit down and watch the birds. Would you have just halfway through and gone, eh, and gone about your life? Probably like, I'm, I, I think I'm okay with it now because it's like, spooky season so it's kind of like a spooky movie and i'm like oh, okay whatever it's i can sit there and zone out and crochet or whatever but uh probably i wouldn't have like been like oh i gotta watch the birds like nah so you consider november to be spooky season yes okay just to be clear i consider it's november right now and it's spooky season. i consider all months to be spooky well, next month is December, so come back for another spooky episode of Hitchcock Chronologically, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>